I'm Nevada basketball's Jordan Caroline, and you listen to Pack Center. What's up, Wolfpack? Thanks for tuning in to another week of Pack Center. I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with the sports specialist, Garrett Hirschberg. A disappointing loss at home this week for Nevada football against the Toledo Rockets. Expect some big changes this week against Idaho State. But we'll talk about that a little bit later uh, in the show. But for now, in case you missed the Pack Center postgame podcast, something new that we've implemented uh, this year, let's talk about Saturday's game against Toledo. Garrett? Yeah. Um, so Nevada lost on Saturday 37-24 to against the Rockets. Um, as mentioned, we've mentioned that before last week, this is the first home game. So we, we saw some good crowd numbers there. The student section was filled out and even filled into the, what is it? The right side of the stadium. Yeah. You know, but we were sitting there in the press box before the game started. We were there, we were there, what, like what? 30 minutes before the game. We got there about an hour early. About an hour early. There were a few stragglers, um, below us and no one really on the, uh, east, east side of the stadium. Yeah, the student section was bare when we got there, and it's it, it didn't really fill up until the running of the Wolves, and then that was a huge crowd of people. And if you saw it on our Twitter page, at PacCenterNV, <laughs> had to throw in the plug right, real quick, mm-hmm. uh, you, you see the video of all these kids coming in from uh, the tunnel, and we only had 30 seconds on our page, and it went on for a good minute and a half. Yeah, how many stu- how many students do you think ran ran with the Wolves? Oh, God, it, it, Couple. Enough to fill up the student section. Yeah, right? because looking at there, there were only four people in the student section beforehand, and those were the four security guards. <laughs> that's true. That's so true. So literally, like you would, we would see from the press box people like walking down like the student stairs. But then again, they were all hanging out like by behind the behind the field, like the concessions area, getting getting beer, eating hot dogs. Yeah, but as soon as the running with the wolves came out, it, everything was full, and it was and it was game time. Uh, Gary Norvell mentioned a little bit in the post-game po- uh, press conference, and I want to to play that for you guys. I thought our fans were great. Uh, there was a great energy, especially at the beginning of the game, and you know everybody stayed to the end. And and uh, you know I was really really proud of our atmosphere here, and and I think our kids fed off of it. Um, and and we can't wait to come back and play again. And yeah, so and- I think Norvell felt that energy like we did too in the press box. Uh, and Garrett, I want to talk a little bit. Now, now I want to talk more about the game. We'll go talk about the offense a little bit. And I think that you agree with me on this one that we haven't been looking too sharp. And I know we 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 got into this like debate in, the, in our first show back of uh, what we think the the next the games are going to be like, right? And I had us losing against Toledo, and I think that. I'm sorry, Garrett, but I was right. And I'm sorry, yeah. Nevada, but, yeah, I, was, you but were. I was right you were. that we would lose against Toledo. And uh, Jay Norvell agrees with me on my reasoning why, and let's take a listen to that. You know, it's not unusual when you first install this offense that it that it, it takes a little bit for it to come. You're gonna need off, you need receivers to, to get open in open spaces and make plays, and your quarterback needs to understand and play in rhythm. And we're not there yet. Yeah, we did struggle on offense this week, and I think that it's going to be something that's going to kick back up, and we've been talking about this week after week now. But it's going to take some time, and, and like, like Norvell said. But I think a big person we got to talk about for this game and who had some incredible plays was wide receiver McLean Mannix. This guy, true freshman, fast, man. Quick off the ball. You get him on a streak route, and he's gone. Yeah, he's about as fast as uh, 
Wiley, not Wiley Coyote, the Roadrunner, the, <laughs> the Roadrunner. Road yeah, um, yeah, we saw this in uh, the, the game against Toledo. He had a big seventy-five-yard touchdown reception, first play of the drive, got fans hyped. Um, this is a true freshman who has really stepped in in the absence of Caleb Fossum. We talked about this on our second show. Um, we feel bad for him. He had a, suffered a serious knee injury, and it's truly shown that this that. That this true freshman has stepped in and filled the role as the number two wide receiver. Yeah, he definitely, as you said, stepped it up, and I think that he filled that role for Fossum. Incredible. He was one of the players of the game, right? Yeah, he was the he was one of the offensive players of the game. And looking at his young college career, he has in the two games he has eight receptions for two two hundred and fifteen yards and two TDs. He's averaging 27 yards per reception. Well, that, that just shows the speed that he has. He's that deep threat uh, receiver. And in our and in this air raid offense, you need someone that can get that into space and make cornerbacks uh, miss and things like that. And I really like this guy. And I, but the playmaker that we need to talk about is Ganji. Uh, he might have he might have thrown these balls, but there was a lot of opportunities for for Mannix to make even more big plays that uh Ganji just overthrew yeah and it, well looking back at this if you're in one-on-one coverage with the speedster all you got to do is just throw it past the defender and McLean would catch it and there were certain passes that we did see where he missed them deep and it was just it was it was awful def- to watch those were deflating plays too because we were we were playing from behind a lot of the game and when you have a big opportunity like that to to get in a big play and switch that momentum up and get a score, which you looking at the speed that he was going at, he would have scored. It, it, it's really deflating for an offense, and I, I think that the consistency for Ganji uh, is why. And I want to, and this is one of the this is the uh, the big change that I wanted to mention earlier in the show is that Ganji lost his job. He's not the starting quarterback for Nevada anymore, <laughs> and that was announced on Monday. <laughs> uh, and. Even bigger, I think, than Ganji losing his job is who's taking it. It's not David Cornwell, the the Bama quarterback. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> the, the the Alabama quarterback that we picked up in the offseason that has everyone thought all the experts for Nevada thought that Cornwell would be the starter if Ganji went out. They thought that he was gonna be the starter at the beginning of the season, no matter what, but the true freshman, Kamen Kirtan, is the, was named the starting quarterback on Monday. Yeah, Kamen, uh, Kamen Kirtan is a three-star three star recruit out of Lawndale, California. He had offers from Oregon, Alabama, LSU, and a bunch of other a bunch of other schools. He ultimately he chose he chose this because of Jay Norvell, and he's he's getting the start against an Idaho State team that's not the greatest but it's also it's also a college competition and it's going to be interesting to see how he performs in his first collegiate game i watched his highlight tape from high school you know and it and it's one of those things where you really don't understand you don't really know how players gonna gonna go from high school to college you know looking at the highlight tapes are really really going to be different you know but he's a dual threat quarterback he reminds me of of uh, russell wilson he's only 511 205 pounds and but he's athletic, man. I he runs out the pocket. I watched him in practice this week. 
when he couldn't find a receiver and he was getting that pressure, he would find that that seam up the middle, go, run around the outside. You know, he's fast. He can make those plays. And I think that one of the biggest issues that we've had on offense so far is our ability to get those first downs. And I think that his scrambling ability is superior to that of Ganges. And I think that because he's a true freshman and that's his, his playing style, that Norvell and Matt Mummy will let him – uh, use his legs more often. Yeah, you're right. He was the 27th ranked quarterback in the uh, class of tw- 2017. So that's that's just a huge pickup for Nevada in general. They understand that Cornwell's coming in, and one thing that led to the ultimate start of Kirtan in the surprise is that uh, Jay, Coach Norvell put it that at the start of fall camp, they thought it was just going to be Ganji and Cornwell. Well, they got 42 new players, whether it was freshmen or transfers, and that's where I think Kamen really stepped up and showed in practice that he was willing to be a uh, quarterback. Another upside for Kamen is he's got a strong arm and a quick release, which is sort of what you need in like a pass-heavy offense because you need to get rid of the ball, and especially with someone who's not the tallest, you you got to be able to throw to sling the rock. Mm-hmm. Putting Kamen in as a starting quarterback in uh, as a true freshman freshman for this Division One school, I, I, it brings up for Nevada. It brings up two questions for me, and I'm going to start with the first one: is will he be able to to get that 60 percent or higher uh, pass completion rating that you need with a uh, air raid offense? And that's the big thing because he's a mobile quarterback and because he's a freshman, you know. As you said, he does have a big arm and a fast release, and I think that's going to be really uh, helpful for him in the pocket. But is he going to be able to make those big-time plays in those uh, spot-on passes? Watching him in practice this week, I did notice that on long plays, on, on long balls, he, he tended to underthrow them, and unlike Ganji, who overthrew. And that becomes an issue in a game day situation when then the, it gives the cornerback a better opportunity of intercepting the ball. Yeah, but there were plays during the um, during the uh, Northwestern game where we saw Clayton Thorson underthrow his underthrow his receivers, and they just happened to the receiver come comes back for the ball and catches it. So I think that this would work for Nevada to start the game because. These corners aren't expecting him, aren't aren't don't know whether he's gonna overthrow, underthrow, or throw it perfectly. So if you know you're gonna underthrow, you wide receivers got to come back for the ball. Yeah, and I think that's gonna be important for the wide receivers to know, and it gives a little bit more competition. So we'll be seeing more big plays from Wyatt Demps and McLean Mannix when they're fighting for the ball. I expect with with the cornerback, and it's gonna be a bigger test of them and their hand strength. And but the next question I have is about David Cornwell and ultimately why David Cornwell didn't get the starting job. You see him plastered all over all over everything. And it's not every day that Nevada gets an Alabama quarterback to come play for us, right? And so, and you've seen him in all all the the marketing things. He's been a big part of the marketing. So, what the thought process for Jay Norvell was to put Kamen in, like I can see Kamen being an incredible athlete and someone that they can mold into the starting position. But you'd think that David Cornwell, because he looks like a quarterback, he acts like a quarterback, he, especially for uh, an air raid offense, he would be the guy. 
Yeah, you're right. He, he, you would think he would be the number one guy. That's what we thought. He would be the perfect fit for the uh, Matt Mummy's air raid style offense. But my, my, my ultimate thought about this is that the game against Idaho State, it's a game against an FCS school. I think they're giving Kamen a shot, and it's going to be like a trial and error. If he doesn't do well, they got uh, number 24 or number 23 ranked Washington State next week. If Cayman struggles, I think they go to Cornwell. If Cayman does well, I think they, they stay with Cayman, and then they go to Cornwell against Fresno State when conference plays. Because you look at Norvell and the way he's talked, he said that he's referred to the non-conference schedule as the preseason. So I think that if you look at the season, I think that's when they bring uh, David Cornwell in. Yeah, I don't know if you're superstitious or not about like a sports superstitions. Do you have that? Depend, depends on depends on some things. I I feel for Nevada. I put my right shoe on first. <laughs> I I have a theory about Nevada where it's we always do better with a mobile quarterback. You see, Kaepernick and Fajardo have been some of the best years for Nevada football, and they're both mobile quarterbacks. Ganji did well towards the end of the year last season, and he was a mobile quarterback as well. But what happened this year with Ganji? Maybe he's just not the mobile quarterback that we need. And that's why I'm thinking maybe Cayman might be the answer. Uh, he's athletic, you know. He reminds me a lot of uh, Colin Kaepernick in his athleticism. Yep, but so that, that's why I think Cayman might be a, a good fit for him. I think that he's going to have uh, a, a lot of. Um, he's going to be well good for Nevada, but, but the question is, how good is he going to be as a freshman coming into it? How how prepared is he for Division One play? Uh, and that's still up in the air, you know. But he did have a good training camp. So I think that Idaho State's going to be a really good game to to see him in action. Yeah, and Kamen's been taking uh, reps with the second team for the past couple of weeks, so I think that he's more than well prepared. Um, we've seen in the past freshman quarterbacks do well. Sure, you're, he's not going to – I don't think he's going to have this season like Jalen Hurts had at Alabama, the guy who took – Cornwall starting spot, <laughs> but I think I, I salty. <laughs> I I still I still think Cayman's gonna do well. I hope he does. We hope he does well. You don't want to see quarterback, especially for your team, do poorly. But I do think that he will start this entire game, and then depending on how he does, that's when that's when Norvell goes to pull the trigger and bring brings in Cornwell. It'll either be for this next week against Washington State or the week after when they start conference play at Fresno. I don't know about you, Garrett, but this indecisiveness with a starting quarterback is, makes me a little bit nervous because every week counts in in college ball. I mean, we, we are in what Jay Norvell calls preseason. However, I think that it's really important to get the momentum started now, especially in college ball. And for, and because we're we're in a new system that you want your starting quarterback to kind of get the ball moving. You know, you saw Ganji with starting slow, and that there's a lot of things that could be factored into it. You know, so I, I'm hoping that came we're not restarting that engine, putting came in a starting quarterback. See, I think I feel I've a th- I feel like with Ganji, we've seen two different Ganges, one from last year where he really didn't have to play to lose a job because Tyler Stewart got injured. No one was really going to take Ganji's job. 
Now you see Ganji. He can fe- he feels the pressure. You got Kamen. You got KC. You got David Cornwell. So I feel like he felt like the pressure got to Dave to Ty, and he could not produce. That could have been it. We wouldn't know unless we talked to Ty Ganji and see what really caused him to to lose a starting job. At least what how he feels it is, you know. And maybe he has an opportunity to earn it back in in practice, but. Personally, I don't like teams that are indecisive on their on their quarterback and having to change their leader all the time. That's just it doesn't because the quarterback is is the drill sergeant on the team, you know, and you need him to be there. You need him to be solid. You need your team to to look up to him. <coughs> excuse me. And if that's not the case, and you're switching around all the time, there's going to be an issue. And I feel like as, if I was a receiver, I would be concerned of who's throwing me the ball every game. Yeah, you're. I agree with you 100%. I think that it, you should stick with the quarterback. But I don't think you go from, do you really think Kamen, KC is going to be your starting quarterback for the rest of the season? Personally, after watching him in practice this week, I think he's got potential depending on how he does. He's, he's competitive. You know, I think he's, he's re- he looks really tough. Uh, I see him... If he competes well this week, and I think that he brings a really good uh, the the element of surprise to uh, this Idaho game, especially with his versatility and um, being able to run out the pocket and his speed and his athleticism, I think that that gives him that extra threat that uh, even superior to, to Ganji and definitely superior to that of Cornwell. And if he can throw the ball well and Mannix can get open, Demps can get open and that Cayman can won't crack under the pressure, then we have a good game. And that I think Cayman keeps the job and thinking thinking in the realm of like sports t- storytelling, I think Cayman's story will be a great one if he becomes a starter throughout the season. A little fun fact about KC He's got athletic, I wouldn't say royalty, but richness in his blood. His uncle his the was the great baseball player, Tony Gwynn, cousins with Tony Gwynn Jr. And he's got other cousins who play D1 football, D1 basketball. I think it's just a fun fact to add about, uh, Case, about our boy KC now. I think that's actually a good fact to add because – you see a lot of like the greatest athletes come from athletic families. You know, you create dynasties with with families. You know, look at um Jordan look at, the, Ca- look look at the, Jordan Caroline. His Jordan, dad's his dad's Simeon Rice. Jordan Caroline. But I was thinking more of like the Ball family. Look at them. You know, they're all in the all on their way to the NBA, if not in the NBA. Yeah. What what what, what did Lavar do? But it doesn't matter because Lavar was a player. You know, he never he, played in the NBA. <laughs> he played he played one maybe one season or not even a full season at Washington State. He then went to some Cal, Cal State LA. Then he walked on to play for the Jets. And I don't, I don't even think he played a couple years in the NFL. But you but you see what I mean? There's a lot of great lineages of of athletes that come through their families. Look at the look at JJ Watt and his and his brother TJ. TJ's better than JJ. You, oh, I wouldn't go that far. I think he's got potential to be better than him. But you you just see like great athletes come from great athlete families. 
I want to move on a little bit, though, to, from talking about Cayman. Let's talk a little bit more about Idaho State. I, I want to mention real quick that this game is at home, at Mackey. Game starts at 4, uh, four o'clock. The game starts at 4 o'clock. This is the whiteout game. And it's the whiteout game. Stop interrupting me, Garrett. <laughs> yeah, so um, one thing that one thing that Nevada might be down is that they might lose uh, safety Asani Rufus for the first half of the game due to that targeting penalty. It is often in college football that you are ejected for the rest of the game and you have to sit out the next half of the game. So we might see uh, Asani Rufus out for, out for the – out for the first half. Um, I think that NCAA officials are gonna have to take a look at the call because I didn't think it looked I didn't think it was targeting. You didn't think it was targeting Coach Norvell didn't think it was targeting. Yeah, listen to this. It's just it's just it's just very unfortunate to me um, that the intent of that foul I d I don't know how you call it the way that the, the way that they call it. I just don't know how you can. Uh, there's probably 30 plays in that game that were exactly the same. <laughs> and so I don't know why those aren't fouls, you know. So, um, you know, it, it hurts to lose a leader like that. You know, Asani's a tough competitor. Um, and I can't really fault anything that he did on that play. I mean, the, the receiver was low. He went low. He turned his shoulder. And I don't know how, how a kid is supposed to do anything different. It, it's just unfortunate. Um, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have to, you know, get him back next week when we do get him back in the second half of that game. And, and, uh, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll bounce back from that. And, you know, we've got some young guys that got some experience. Nephi played a lot and Nephi Sewell is really playing well for us. He's a, he's a factor on special teams. He's a factor on defense. He's a, He's mature beyond his years in the way he competes. He's like a, he's like a junior or senior out there when he's competing, and uh, and so we're really pleased uh, about his progress. And so I think that it should be, in theory, Nevada should blow out Idaho State. Idaho State is an FCS school, um, and since 2000 against FBS teams, they are 0 and 27. I think the biggest thing for this game is if is the offense can capitalize. I think defense defensively we're solid. Um, even with Asani out, Nephi Sewell, he stepped up big against uh, Toledo, and I think that we almost didn't even notice that Asani wasn't on the field. I think it was definitely noticeable because you don't see him running around, but I think that he would have came up with some big, big plays that would have stopped Logan Woodside. But – one thing also to look at the Idaho State offense is that they run an up-tempo offense. So they like to run a lot of uh, no huddle, and they like to pass a lot. So it might we might it might be a shootout, this game. Yeah, especially with two air raid-style offenses like this, it'll be a fun one to watch. Uh, but Idaho State comes into this game 1-1. One one. We are still 0-2, looking for our first win this game. Yeah, and as – we keep mentioning uh, before the season we predicted the games. We both, me and Jordan, both predicted Nevada to win. I think they win. It's a blowout. Uh, an official Vegas line has not come out for this game. But I expect Nevada to just blow them out and prepare for Washington State next week. I don't expect quite a blowout. I still think the offense struggles a little bit, but I do think that they win. 
I think that it's uh, a one or two score game, but that's, that's just it? one or two score difference game, you know. And that that's that's my prediction because I think it take came in a little bit of time. Either came in takes some time and his throws aren't necessarily on point and he struggles a little bit, or he dominates and does really well and run and especially on the ground. I think we're going to see a lot of big plays from him. Yeah, I think that Cayman's going to jumpstart this Nevada offense, and I think that from out of the gate, the fans are going to be excited. Uh, Mar- Nevada marketing has done a great job promoting the whiteout game, and so I think you get a lot of fans out there ex- eager for Nevada's first win. This will be a, a, a weird game for us for our post-game show because I'm leaving for Florida on Thursday. We're doing this over Skype? We're doing this over Skype, man. This is going to be an interesting one. So, t- so, so don't forget well, to tune in. So the first post game for the fo- first post game uh, show, we did it from the back of your car. This week we're doing it three thousand miles away. Yeah, this will be interesting to to do a, a show remotely, and you'll be the one in the press box, and I'll be the one watching it on TV. And I think we'll have very different perspectives on the game. You live tweeting? Uh, I'm going to be attempting to, to live tweet while I'm doing it if I can, if I can. Get on to, to watch it. You know, it's going to be hard for me to be watching it all the way over in Florida. It's not going to be televised there, so I'm going to have to find it online. No, because I'm sure people in Florida really care about Idaho State at Nevada. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, right? No. But we're going to be doing this remotely, and I'm hoping that it works out well for you guys, and I hope that you can tune in to our Pack Center post-game podcast, and this, you won't have to be listening to it from in the backseat of my car. <laughs> I kind of like the backseat of my car, though. It's kind of cool. It, it it was quiet. It was what we needed for our for recording. Yeah, it got the job done. You, it's not like it's not as comfortable. It's not as comfortable as our normal studio, but it it worked. It was it was it was a little. I wouldn't say spacious. It was a little claustrophobic with all our laptops out and like recording gear. It was raw though. It was real. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it, and I think it's gonna be. It's gonna stay. You know. Unless we can find somewhere better to do it. Um, I don't know. I don't know where else. That being said, this is the end of our show. Thanks for tuning in to Pack Center. I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with Garrett Hirschberg. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at PackCenterNV, for all your midweek updates and game day coverage from the RSJ studio at the University of Nevada. Go Wolf Pack! Just forget the wins, it's the best to use.